This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am back with another incredible episode of the official Caps Chirp Podcast. I'm being joined by Griffin Youngs, or Young Griff, as we have coined him. Um, <clears throat> and we are going to be talking about the recent woes that the Washington Capitals have been going through and how they're absolutely just jettisoning talent right now for stock, uh, draft stock, or dra- draft capital, if you will. Um, and, uh, and, you know, what does this mean for the team? What does it mean next year? What does it mean for the rest of this year? What does it mean for Ovechkin's record? All that good stuff. You know, I know that you're 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 dying to hear our thoughts on it. So let's pop some tabs and get right into it. Yeah, One, this has been two, a little different three. than the last time I was on. We're talking playoff hopes and what's that math going to look like? Who are the Caps going to add at the trade deadline even? And now here we are probably about a month or so later. It's completely changed. Uh, ever yeah. since the All-Star break, this team has been an absolute disaster. And it's really hard to argue with the path they're going down right now. Mm-hmm. By the way, you messed up. You messed up our our pop and tab soundbite, but that's okay, Griff. I'll, I'll, I wasn't quite sure. What that's, was my that. that's my bad. That's my bad. I put you in early. On, I put you in early. As a host, my instinct whenever there's any sort of silence, I gotta hop in right away. No silence. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. Um, yeah. So, dude, to your point, man. Last time we talked, we were just breaking our arms, jerking off the Washington Capitals talking about how fucking special this team was, how good that five-man weave looked, how defensively stout they looked, what a great job Ryan McClellan did bringing in two outstanding and still outstanding good goaltenders to get us up on that level. We've been battling back from injuries. Things were looking good. The caps were rolling in December, and then it just all fell off a fucking cliff. Like The party bus literally just right off a fucking cliff, and it's been really bad ever since then. Uh... Yeah, and to your point, we were talking about, like, oh, who could we add to make a big push? This team's special. Now, a month and a half later, almost two months later, it's who can we get off our fucking books and return assets immediately so that we can reload on the fly? Um, Is that kind of how you're feeling, too? Pretty much how I'm feeling. I'm trying to remember exactly when I was last on. I believe it was right when we found out that Backstrom and Wilson were coming back before that game against Columbus. And ever since then, the Capitals have won one, two, three, four, (laughs) five, six, seven games in that entire stretch. And the losing streak that they just got off of was six in a row to that point for context. And this has not been pretty. Now, you know, as Capitals fans, we should have known we were jinxing it. We should have known. So... You know, Caps fans, I will take, personally, at least 1% of the blame for the Washington Capitals shitting the bed absolutely in the past couple of months. Dude, I was at the game in Buffalo. I drove up there, um, got tickets. My girlfriend got me tickets. Uh, By the way, Buffalo, like, solid city, solid little area up there. Never, I'd never been a top state New York previous. I was expecting like a much shittier Pittsburgh. If if you could even dive below Pittsburgh standards, I thought that that was going to be Buffalo. Went up there, nah, that city's tight, dude. I mean, I would, uh, 
100% recommend anybody catch it. You know, Niagara Falls is like 45 minutes away. There's lots of shit to do. Um, the Buffalo Wings are not a fucking joke. They're for real and they're really fucking good. Um, I liked it a lot. Just sorry on a tangent there. But have you ever been to Buffalo? I have not, but now the Sabres are getting real good. I want to do what you did and go catch a game up in Buffalo someday because that looks like an amazing city to go watch oh, a hockey game in. The sports culture there is incredible. And the hockey, the hockey fan, the like the the place was electric. Okay, so they they lower this thing, this these two cross sabers from the ceiling for the for the uh, boys to come out through warmies, and they like you know obviously everything's dark, but like I would say I've been to a few games this year at a, at a few different arenas, um, and and I generally go to like the Pittsburgh games when they're in when when the Caps are in town because I live that's the closest arena I live to. Been to nation, went to nationwide, watched uh, the Caps win in Columbus, and then uh, went to uh, the uh, the this Buffalo game, and they packed. I mean, it was a sold out crowd, and all three tiers were just totally packed. Um, and and the the environment was definitely electric, you know. And then putting up seven was just obnoxious at that point so they were they were loving it um tage thompson cousins they're the real deal buffalo is going to be really dangerous in the next few years uh they looked really good and the washington capitals looked you know it that game really kind of turned into a shootout at times no defense was being played on either side but uh i think the 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 sabers definitely outclassed us in that matchup yeah, and uh, to totally pivot this conversation, we have some breaking news right now with the Washington Capitals. Nick Jensen okay. has signed a three-year extension worth $4.05 million. One Total? minute ago, officially done from the Caps Twitter. So Nick Jensen will not be traded at this deadline. He's going to be sticking around. Dude. That I was not expecting that. I Thank God we didn't do this yesterday, right? I know. We were talking about it going to be on either Monday or Tuesday. Two yeah. trades for the Caps today. Nick Jensen's coming back. I know I totally just stomped on your story, but no. this, that just happened right now. That's uh, I'll take it. It let like just over a million a year, one point three a year, four point zero five million a year. Yeah. Oh, oh, four. Okay, wow. For three years, so more expensive than what he is right now, but for three more years. So right. that makes three guys potentially under contract for next season. John Carlson, newly acquired Rasmus Sandin, and now Nick Jensen. Yeah, and so let's just start there, by the way, Caps fans. Rasmus Sandin is now Washington Capital, traded to the Washington Capitals, 22-year-old, 5'11", 185-pound defenseman. I'm going to call that undersized. Um, small, small, small D-man to the Washington Capitals from Toronto in exchange for Eric Gustafson and a first round pick that and in 2023 which is going to be Buff or uh, the Bruins pick so it's going to be their the the Caps worst first round pick if you will um I mean I don't know much about I mean obviously we know Nick Jensen I think that's an okay move I think Nick Jensen has toiled away his entire career on uh, you know a couple different teams, obviously in Detroit and in DC, and I think he's proven that he is at least owed a, a little bit in past performance for the past couple of years since we got him at a discount, um, and the role that he's serving is kind of that middle pairing guy, number three, number four defenseman, and in this lineup he's probably going to be number two, number three defenseman, as we see it now. So 
a four million a year is not terrible for that. Um, it's interesting that they 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 picked him, but what a reclamation project he has been. I think he deserves it. And you know, I look at him and TVR uh, kind of interchangeably. I think Nick Jensen's a little bit got a little bit more of a higher end than TVR does, though. Um, so I don't mind that move, and we needed to extend at least one of these guys. But I mean, what's your, what are your initial thoughts on that, Griff? I mean, my initial thoughts is my mind is absolutely racing with this. I was not expecting that to break right now, but I think I agree is that some some of these guys needed to come back. Is that mm-hmm. it's really hard to completely restructure a defense from the ground up, and that at least tells me that they wanted a lot for Nick Jensen, and teams weren't offering that package. I imagine they wanted at least a second. And I don't oh, think yeah. it's a coincidence that after the Oilers make the move from Mateus Ekholm, all of a sudden the Caps are up, suddenly upping Jensen. It's a solid move. Jensen has been solid pretty much his entire tenure in Washington. Been, for the last three seasons, been one of the most consistent guys on the team. And we should make it clear, like this is not a rebuild for the Washington Capitals right now. This is a retool on the fly, and they want to compete as soon as next season if they can. And sure. Nick Jensen is going to be a guy that's going to help them do that. And like we saw with the Rasmus Sandin trade is that this is not for five years in the future. This is a failed season that has gotten out of hand due to injuries and inconsistency. And they want to load this team up with some younger talent for next year. But when you have five guys expiring, a lot of uncertainty on the back end, Gustafson's already gone. Jensen's a pretty good option that you might want sticking around. It's 4 million. I think that's probably around what you should expect for a guy of Nick Jensen's caliber. And at three years, that's stomachable. Even if he totally flames out under that contract, that's not buyout proof. You can easily buy that out. You can easily move that and attach a draft pick. And Jensen seems like the kind of defenseman where his game is, is going to age well. As he, I believe he is, how old is he right now? He's 32 right yeah. now, so he'll be around 35 when this contract expires. That's not that bad. Like, I don't really see much of a downside, at least on first glance. Maybe I'll yeah. fall asleep and wake up, wake up tomorrow and be like, this is awful. But <laughs> as of right now, I don't I don't see a problem with it. Right. We're, you're getting the hot take as it's fresh. Uh, the, the one thing I will say about Nick Jensen is he's, he's a really good skater. And usually players who are good skaters definitely age a little bit uh, less drastically than their counterparts who aren't so much. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Um, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to – challenge you a little bit on the retool i believe this is as close to a rebuild that you can get without calling it a rebuild i mean the whole blue lines being revamped and you know with the four million that we're paying nick jensen now it's kind of a um we're definitely paying for past performance right but this is something that all hockey contracts are are victim to right um you know you look at I mean, I think the biggest example right now um, is Patrick Kane, who, by the way, was just moved to the New York Rangers. Um, But so he finally got his wish. But, you know, you're looking at, you know, Patrick Kane, Taze, Chicago in general, paid all of their players for the past three cops when when they were up for up for another contract. I mean, uh, it's not good business, but I feel that at times it's unavoidable, uh, especially if those players deliver you a Stanley Cup or if those players have, have been solid contributors to your team, you do end up paying a little bit more. We've got we've had Nick Jensen through his prime and we're gonna have him his entire prime. So uh, you know, that's you a guy's given up his prime years, I think he's earned that money. You know, congrats to him and uh, I'm I'm glad that he could stay. 
I was disappointed with the Orlov move. I thought that Orlov was the guy that we should have saved, but he's probably looking at more like seven, eight a year. Yeah, the, the rumor was six, is that we offered him three. He wanted at least six, and Orlov yeah. is not going to be young anymore. Mm-hmm. He's got two goals right now tonight for the Boston Bruins against the Calgary Flames. He's on hat trick watch right now. Wow. But Orlov right now is 31 and is going to turn 32 in July. If he wants six years, that contract is going to expire when he's 38 years old. And I don't think that's a direction this team should be very interested in taking right now. Not at this point. And right. they, they've got Carlson signed to a similar contract already. And they need to get younger. That's the whole point of this right now is this team does need to get younger. And Orlov, those contracts generally don't age well. And he has been fantastic in his entire yeah. tenure in Washington easily the most consistent defenseman on the team year over year without question mm-hmm. but that that's a long contract and he's going to demand a lot of money because Dmitry Orlov has made 5.1 for the last six years and for a borderline top pair guy and a guy that's been a top pair guy in Washington as he's going to get paid like one in the offseason wherever sure. that ends up being whether it's Boston or Ottawa or any of those other teams he's going to get big money for probably five to six years and it just it doesn't doesn't make sense for the capitals to be doing that right now and so they get the first round pick for him they get the the second round pick in 2025 they've already traded one i doubt they're going to wait until 2025 to use that second round pick and brian mccullen's doing some really solid business right now yeah um moving and shaking for sure uh the and and so what else did we not cover? So Orlov with Hathaway to the Bruins, well, we touched on that. Um, you know, Hath already has an assist. Orlov already has two points in assists uh, with their first game in. I mean, they're instantly contributing. I've quickly become a Boston Bruins fan, unfortunately, wanting to see them, you know, finish the deal there. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far for myself yet, but <laughs> I'd love to see Orly and, and, and Hathaway get one here. Um, the Marcus Johansson to the wild for a third. Again, I think that last time we traded him away when Brian McClellan was backed into a corner during the expansion draft, we had to get rid of him for a third as well. Um, Second and third. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so we got a second back then. Okay. Well, that's good. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it seems like, uh, we're, we're absolutely selling. Um, now I guess, what do you think that this team looks like next year? I mean, when we're talking about all of this, all of these moves, like, do you think that we can put in a solid enough roster and, and do you think that we're going to be able to tap our young guys? Because I think, you know, I guess a better question here, Griffin, is do you agree with all of the armchair GMs on Twitter that are saying guys like McMichael, Alexia, Protus, they should all be night in, night out, being force-fed minutes at this stage of the game? At this at this point in the season, after the selling, you're doing absolutely. There's no right. reason for these guys to not be playing right now. That's the whole point, is you want to find out what you have for next season in these guys and if they don't produce, maybe you can package them for something in the offseason because the goal for this team next season is to make the playoffs. This is not right. next year. This team is planning on taking another step back and acquiring more youth. This is a half a season thing. We're trading all the guys with expiring contracts. We're going to lose some games. We're going to get a high draft pick. And we're going to see what guys like Connor McMichael, Alexei Protus, maybe even Hendricks Lapierre, 
Alex Alexiev. Let's see what they've got. Let's see if they can be a healthy contributor on this team next season. And that's definitely the role they should be taking. Laviolette has been hesitant to play youth in the past, so we'll see how that ends up meshing with what McClellan is up to right now. But I think definitely, like, Alexei Protus should definitely be playing right now. Even when this team is healthy, I would argue Protus should be playing because he's just so solid. And you look, you even look at a guy like like Joe Snively, who played really well in a two game stretch against mm-hmm. Carolina. You you could argue in that that first Carolina game before the stadium series that the Caps got smoked in, <laughs> that Snively was one of the best players on the ice, and then immediately got sent back down. Right. So yeah, the youth should absolutely be playing right now because right now it's, it's probably the first time we've ever said this in the Alex Ovechkin era. The goal is not to win hockey games right now right. the goal is to get ov goals and honestly you're in a pretty tight race in terms of the draft lottery right now in terms of points percentage the capitals own the 10th overall pick and st louis is seven points behind them at the moment so if the caps want to start moving up in that draft lottery and get a better chance at Connor bedard who's on the table then Winning's not really in the cards right now for this team. And you know what? If the youth is going to make mistakes, if McMichael's going to come up here and make mistakes, I'd rather see that because that's how he's going to learn and that's part of the development process. So I'd, I'd have no problem with seeing those guys up here. But this is a this is a new development. Previous to our bed shitting, that six-game losing streak, back in December when we were talking, probably not the strategy to be going, Correct. Force feeding the old guys, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, fuck, man. I mean, so this is, again, such a crazy time to be covering the Washington Capitals. First time in the Ovechkin era that we're truly sellers at the trade deadline, I think. And uh, really, I mean, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're, I think that it's, it's official. And, and, you know, let me know what you think, Griffin. But I think the white flag was raised on this season when we started when we retained half of Orlov's salary oh yeah this this the white flag was raised on this season in carolina when we got absolutely smoked in the stadium series that was one of the worst performances i have ever seen from this team and you look at that stretch you beat boston coming out of the all-star break two to one and then they lose one two three four five six games in a row four of which in a row were must-win games, two of them against Carolina, who's winning your division, and against Florida and Detroit, who you are actively racing against. And they looked terrible. The The white flag absolutely should have been raised. I believe a few days before the Orlov trade went down, it was reported that the contract discussions had begun, and it was just the perfect storm. It didn't make sense to hold on to Orlov after the, the deadline since he was probably going to walk. This team is not trending in the right direction. And yeah, you retain half, you get as much as you can, and you get that first round pick back. Probably going to end up being 28th to 32nd overall in the first round. So what do you do? You package that up with Eric Gustafson, you send it to Toronto, and you get a much more surefire thing right now in Rasmus Sandin, who, if he develops right and getting more minutes does well for him, could end up being a really big get for this team. No doubt, no doubt. You know, I have some apprehension, apprehensions on him. I, I think he's small. <clears throat> I don't think he's going to be, you know, as physically dominant as a guy that that is typically on the Caps' blue line. I mean, I think that he's one of the smallest players on the team. I mean, he's basically a Connor Sheary. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, uh, we'll see what he and he ends up doing, but, uh, you know, one thing that people need to keep in mind is that even if you're drafted in the first round, you have like a 20% chance to play over a hundred games in the NHL. Um, draft picks after the first round, as far as viability for being an NHLer long-term drop off an absolute cliff. Once you exit the first round and then the, 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 the descent into off that cliff starts like, you know, halfway through the first round. So, you know, uh, man, it's just, I'm, I'm reeling with the decision that now we are going to have to rebuild through the draft a little bit, but also it's the only alternative we have. As you said, it's going to be impossible for us to leverage enough because everybody, every team already knows, like you're spending against the cap. You're, you're skip, spending to the max you have been for years. There's no way that you're going to be able to, you know, main buy your team. Basically, you're not going to be able to just trade for these wholesale pieces. You're going to have to bring guys up from the Myers and you're going to have to draft well. So, you know, looking at that, though, the Caps have done a good job drafting defense. And I think Alexiev probably has a spot on the team next year out of camp. If he has a solid camp. I think Connor McMichael gets a, another look. Um, I agree. I think Protoss is I, I love that guy. I, I think he, he's huge. He can skate well. He's a, he's an absolute menace in the corners, um, and he's got that youthful kind of exuberance about him, if you will, uh, that that really, you know, I think gave was a strong contributor to the solid December that the Washington Capitals turned in. Yeah, I mean, I love Alexei Protus. I love watching him on the ice. I think McMichael should get another look, but even then, I mean, this team, they're going to get, hopefully, a top 10 pick in the first round. And after that, I think they're really going to explore the trade market and use a lot of this money that they're freeing up at the trade deadline. And for guys that if they aren't traded are going to walk out the door and try to restructure this team as much as they can. You've still got guys like Lars Eller, who is probably going to end up getting moved along with Connor Sherry and Aubrey Kubel. Trevor Van Riemsdyk's probably the last piece on that defense that can fetch the most. So they're probably going to end up getting a few more of those picks, but uh, it's like what Tampa Bay did with, with Tanner Janot a couple of days ago. They they threw a bunch of those picks to the wind, and Breezeball came on and said, we don't care about draft picks. They're not important. They don't mean anything to us. They're not going to help us until five years down the line. And I think in the offseason, I think the Caps are going to take a pretty similar approach where they're going to use that top 10 pick, and they're going to try to get the best prospect that they can because that, that just makes sense. This is probably going to be the most stacked draft we've seen since 2015, the Conor yeah. McDavid draft where you saw a guy like Miko Rantanen go around 10th overall and all those great players that went in 2015. They're going to hold on to that. All those other draft picks, maybe even the ones from next year as well, we might see those go out the door and see this team really try to go, maybe not all in next season, but retool this team into something that can make the playoffs and try to challenge one more time for a Stanley Cup because I think they believe this team could have made the playoffs and maybe done some damage if it wasn't for Nicholas Backstrom needing surgery, Tom Wilson only now just getting back into the lineup consistently for the first time, John Carlson taking a puck to the head, all right. the injuries that teams had to deal with. They've lost the most man games in the NHL of any team. And it kind of just works out as a perfect storm that they have all of these expiring contracts coming up at the same time that they can move for picks 
and then, like we saw with the Sandine trade, move those picks for players that are going to help you now get younger. And with Rasmus Sandine, he's not a huge guy, but he's a fantastic puck mover. And the Caps, outside of John Carlson, whose puck moving skills go between elite to absolutely terrible at times, Sandine is probably going to be a welcome addition. And Sandine has not, he's gotten his chances in Toronto, but he's never really had the big chance. And that's what he's going to get at the end of this season here in Washington is he's going to get at least top four minutes and probably start playing around 20 minutes a game. And that's when we can really see what he can do. Because I don't know if we've really seen what Rasmus Sandin can do quite yet. And honestly, the first round pick, they're lottery tickets. It's a mystery box. Right. You pick, let's let's say that pick ends up being 28th overall. The Bruins lose in the Eastern Conference Final or something like that. And... The odds of you picking a player that is even as good as Rasmus Sandin is right now are ridiculously low. Maybe yep. you get someone better. Maybe you get someone who never even looks at the NHL, who is just a career AHLer, and he never even get his signing rights. This is just a smart move for the Caps to get a guy now that they know is going to play and be on the team for next season. And he's a really strong puck mover. And honestly, his his physicality on defense isn't terrible. I've seen much worse guys, and there's a lot of things that he can he can definitely bring to this team that honestly might be needed and bring some speed to that back end, which has gotten pretty pretty stiff over the last couple of years. Agreed, agreed, hundred um, percent. You know, and, and time will tell. We'll see it. He's going to be force fed minutes, um, and you know. All of the armchair GMs on Twitter who are angry about not playing youth are going to finally get their wish. And I think it's going to be a little bit of a rude awakening, too, especially, you know, they're going to people are going to see flashes of brilliance. But ultimately, I think that there's going to be a lot of learning that needs to be done. Um, But we do have to pay the bills here. So, dude, have you have you seen these ad reads that we got to do for Raycon? You've been I do. They're really long. They are. They're um, they're really long. Considering, they, we are, considering we are under contract, I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> they were, but you know the the deal that we've got going is pretty fucking serious. Caps fans, if you're looking for earbuds like wireless earbuds, you got to check out Raycon. They provide three customizable sound profiles, earbud tap functions noise isolation, awareness mode, custom gel tips for the perfect, most comfortable in-ear fit, crystal clear call quality, water, and sweat resistance. And the best thing, they last eight hours for the everyday earbuds or 11 for everyday speaker hours of playtime. Ready to buy something small with big impact? Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Enjoy that 15% off and thank us later on that. Also, Capstones, if you're an NBA fan, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat, same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt-in, and place the same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. 
Download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. So, Griffin. what I mean, ultimately, I am 100% reeling right now with the state of the Washington Capitals in the sense of this is uncharted territory in the Ovechkin era and the rebuild of this magnitude. You know, there were things like Simmon leaving that sucked. I mean, Mike Green leaving. There were pieces that we lost, right, and and that we moved on from and that we brought in guys every playoffs to, to load up for it and eventually get kicked out in the second round until it actually finally happened. We win a cup. And now it's just kind of like we've been in this kind of purgatory of first round outs, Laviolette, COVID, you know, all these things. Do you think that Laviolette is going to get extended? And if not, do you have a suggestion for the next Washington Capitals coach? I don't think Laviolette's going to come back. This team has not seen the success that we were hoping for under him. And they just kind of stayed the same as they did under Todd Reardon. I mean, they're, they were definitely better than they were under Todd Reardon. I don't think that's a very high bar to clear. But <laughs> they, they couldn't get the job done in the playoffs. And I know we look at that Florida series and write it off as, a well, they're the second wild card playing the President's Trophy winning team. They blew that series. They yeah. had that series essentially won. They I had agree. Florida on the ropes after game three, after that blowout win, and they let them off the hook. In game five, they're up three to nothing and they let them off the hook game six they have that game tied up late and they let them off the hook with a weak overtime performance and this season even with injuries laviolette has not now that the team's healthy or somewhat healthy now that you have backstrom and wilson back it's not really much of an excuse for this team to to be getting worse the power play just continues to seem to go up and down the adjustment hasn't been there with this team for the most part. I don't think they're going to fire him, but I think we've seen most of what we need to see at this point. And Laviolette just might not be the coach of the future. In terms of who to bring in, that landscape always changes so quickly. Every offseason, it seems like there's just a guy that's fired that nobody expects, you know, and everyone wants to play Barry Trotz, but Trotz is going to Nashville and he's already tearing that team down to shreds in a rebuild. And, in terms of other guys on the market, I mean, if there's a guy off the market at this point, there's probably a reason for that at yeah. the midpoint of the season. So in terms of those guys on the market right now, none of them really strike me as one that you need to bring in right away. You wait and you see, and you shouldn't be afraid to promote internally either. And you've got guys, good assistant coaches, good coaches in Hershey that, you know what? What's the harm? They've done a decent job in Hershey. Why not just give them a shot, see what they can do with the big roster? And like I said, I don't. I just don't think there's any big names out there that really impress me at the moment for the most part. And, you know, maybe you do give Todd Nelson a look, you know? Right. Or, or I mean, there's Jeff Halpern. There's, uh, I mean, you know, some assistants that are on staff now. <clears throat> but this is a pitfall we've seen the Washington Capitals fall into three times now, right? I mean, Dale Hunter, uh, Adam Oates, Todd Reardon, all kind of like inner circle guys that were given that shot and, you know, 
largely wasted in Ovechkin era year. Um, I there's one thing I like about Lavulette is that he is he is not afraid to throw lines in a blender one minute into the game. If he doesn't like if he smells something wrong, he's mixing it up. I don't mind that. I like that about Lavulette. I thought, and and I hate to hate to make COVID the excuse, man, but I had high hopes for Lavulette. I had because he's the coach that comes in and gets you to a Stanley Cup final within a couple years, and that's what we wanted. That was something that, like you know, surely if the Washington Capitals get to a Stanley Cup final, that would be that would be it. Uh, we would we would at least have a, a solid shot there. Ultimately, I feel that a lot of pressure is put on coaches that is completely unnecessary and and unwarranted. Ultimately, the hockey is such a player's sport that the onus has to be largely on the players. Obviously, the reason that coaches get moved every two and a half years, which is the shortest tenure of any professional coach uh, on average, is because it's he's the easiest guy to move. You're not gonna you're not gonna move around an Ovechkin and a Backstrom. You're not gonna change up your roster. You're not gonna blow up your team. Those are the much harder pieces to place. A coach seems to be very disposable, and sometimes hockey players just need a new guy to yell at them. You know what I mean? And that that gets yeah. him to the next level. Yeah, I mean with Laviolette, it's like you're talking about. Everywhere he's gone in the first three years in Carolina, he brought that team a Stanley Cup. In Philadelphia, he brought a seven seed to the Stanley Cup final. With Nashville, he brought an eight seed to the Stanley Cup final and within a few wins of winning the cup. And after a while, though, his message starts to wear thin. His shelf life hasn't always been the longest. And now here we are towards the end of year three, and we still haven't gotten out of the first round with an inevitable playoff miss coming up. And I just, I find it difficult to believe that it's going to to just suddenly get better next year. And I think if you're really going to redo this roster... I don't think it would be a bad thing to bring a fresh voice in there as well. I don't know if it's internal. I don't know if it's external. You've got plenty of time to still figure that out and plenty of time to figure out if Laviolette is still the guy because the Caps organization knows a lot more of what Laviolette brings to the table for this team than we do. And it really might have just been injuries have completely derailed the season, completely derailed the morale. We were missing Ovechkin for a significant portion of those games that we lost. You did not have your captain, this might have just been the perfect storm of absolutely everything goes wrong since months before the season even started with Bastrom and Wilson needing surgery and Carlson unfortunately taking that puck to the head. This team probably would have made the playoffs. I don't know how far they would have gotten because, you know, if they end up in a wild card, it's Carolina or Boston in the first round, which I think is a really big reason as (laughs) to why they were selling because even if they did make the playoffs, probably wouldn't have mattered all that much. Right. And, you know, maybe they do give Laviolette one more chance, but it seems like with his contract expiring and with the expectations placed on his tenure, like we were all hoping that that pattern follows, that we end up in a Stanley Cup final. And we've had teams that maybe weren't the best, but could have done some damage where they bowed out in five to Boston. And this season they bow out early or last season they bow early to florida and this year they're gonna miss it doesn't look good on a resume definitely a trend downward now let me play devil's advocate those two seasons covid seasons right and then you've got this season where 
we're just a revolving door ambulance. Everybody's hurt. We were hurt last season too. Um, Lavulette has, I don't believe, had the bill of goods that he signed up for in a in a full-blown season. His first season here, he didn't even get a camp. His second season here, he finally got a camp. And his third season, he got a camp as well. But COVID-shortened season plus just injury, injury, bug, hardcore. I mean, I, I can't even call it a bug. It's been a plague. It's been a pestilence on our team for sure. Uh, so that's my that's my only apprehension of, of getting rid of Lavulette and not extending him for short term. One more year. That's I find one more year would be the most uh, stomachable for me. I don't think he deserves another three year contract. I don't deserve. I don't think he deserves more than one year. Um, so I would offer him one year at the same rate and say see what he says because he is a coach that has a pedigree who has that history. You're looking at around the league right now. A lot of the good coaches have been snapped up. And if, like you said, if they're still available, there's a reason. Um, the one interesting prospect that I see is Bruce Boudreaux. Running it back with Gabby. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think that, I, I really don't think that the Bruce Boudreaux separation from the Washington Capitals is as happy as everybody likes to look back at it. Uh, if you remember, this was there was a point when uh, Lavi or I mean when Bruce Boudreaux sat Ovechkin when it was a uh, when they needed a goal and Mike Green ends up scoring it and you see Ovechkin clearly call him a fat fuck uh, and I I really don't know I mean obviously in the press now they're they're like super buddy buddy and things like that and obviously in the heat of the moment. Things are said that people may or may not regret. But at the same time, I really don't think the split between the Washington Capitals and Bruce Boudreaux was amic- as amicable as they play it off to be now. Do you agree with that? I mean, does anybody else remember that? Like, you know, you remember this kind of that, that schism that happened? Yeah, I mean, the Bruce Boudreaux separation wasn't the happiest thing, which is like Bruce Boudreaux has just had the strangest departures from every single team he has ever coached, considering he is like the nicest person in the world. Where I mean, he he got a lot of flack for the Capitals not being able to progress in the playoffs. He was oh, yeah. just very suddenly fired in Minnesota, and that the Vancouver saga from a couple of months ago is one of the most disrespectful things I have ever seen. Where they are actively naming a replacement and forcing him to coach for several weeks right. after that. Bruce Boudreaux coming back to this team would put the vibes of the Washington Capitals through the roof. The team <laughs> would be incredibly happy. The fans would be incredibly happy. It's just, we know how that goes. Is Bruce Boudreaux going to be the guy that leads this team to a Stanley Cup? I mean, he's certainly welcome to try. He's going to get Ovi a lot of goals. Right. Because that's the thing. Is that right. one of the main objectives right now? It's not just the Stanley Cup. We're trying to chase down Wayne Gretzky right now. We're trying to get Obi to be the greatest goal scorer of all time officially, because he already is. It's just a matter of making it official. Right. Bruce Boudreaux would make sure he gets fifty goals a season. And, and that that's look. If that's not a compelling fucking argument, I don't know what is. You know. Plus, you get to see barbecue Bruce. You know in the back uh, behind fucking absolutely losing his mind. You know, that's one thing I always appreciated about Bruce Boudreaux is that he, he always just said it how it was. And when he, 
<laughs> when he would lose his shit on the on the referees, it was it was uh, a sight to behold. Uh, so, th- hey, w- Capstans, we're just putting it out there. We're not trying to manifest anything, but uh, it has been tossed around that Bruce Boudreaux is available. I do believe exactly what you're saying, Griffin. That if we did bring him in. His main focus would be feed OV as much as possible. Let's get OV 50 goals a year and get that record. And I think that he would be able to do it. Overall competitiveness of the team, questionable. Questionable, right? They would definitely play for him. They would want to win one for Bruce, at least the core that was there all that time ago with OV. And play, like it's Bruce Boudreaux. Who doesn't like Bruce Boudreaux? Every player on that team would want to win for him. I imagine Darcy Kemper would be fighting for his life every single night with the defense that would be put in front of him. Yeah. But I imagine at least in the first year, especially if they do a good job in the offseason, and if they do bring in Bruce, this is all hypothetical, that team would make the playoffs. And yeah. they'd be an incredibly high-scoring team. I don't know how successful that would be, right. but we'd have a lot of fun doing it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. What? Um. All right, so bargaining chips left on the table for the Washington Capitals. We have all of our prospects in Hershey. So, you know, and, and the Caps, I believe, correct if I'm wrong, have said, look, everything's on the table. You want to take a shot at McMichael, you're going to be paying a large, but, you know, he's on the table. LaPierre, Protus, all the guys in Hershey, plus you've got, you know, I, I feel like it's just open game. What do you want? They're, they're literally, everything is on sale. Uh, who do you foresee being moved or who would you love to see get moved? Cause I, I think you're right. I think TVR would, would net a return. I'd, I'd like to see him be jettisoned. Um, at this point, you know, we're, we're 100% selling. There's, there's no buts about it at this point. Um, anybody else in terms of who like expiring contracts or like Hershey really Knight just or anyone. anybody. Yeah. I mean, I think TVR will fetch a nice return. I think you can definitely squeeze a second-round pick out of a team and get that for this upcoming draft. Connor Sheary is a name that I don't think has gotten a lot of attention on the draft market. $1.5 million against the cap. He is a guy that's got 12 goals and 30 points this season. He'd definitely be a valuable fit for any other team. But in terms of I, – I have names I want to bring in, and both of them belong to the Arizona Coyotes. Okay. If the Capitals – can find a way to bring Jacob Chikrin into this team. I am on board with that. Another name I like on Arizona is Nick Schmaltz. If you can Mm. find a way to get one, if not both, of those guys on this team, they both have two years left on their contracts after this. Chikrin makes just north of four million, and Schmaltz makes just north of five. You can find a way to bring in those guys you're absolutely competing for something next season because those guys are great. And if you have to trade a uh, Connor McMichael or a Hendricks LaPierre in order to get one of, if not both of those deals done, I think you should absolutely do it. But in terms of guys I would like to see get traded, I don't see any of the core guys getting moved. That includes TJ Oshie. Uh, mm-hmm. Tom Wilson should never even ever be in a trade discussion ever. That man is a capital for life and the future captain of this team. Yep. Lars Eller, he's probably going to fetch a mid-round pick at best, maybe a fourth or a fifth-round pick. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd wonder if Craig Smith would even get anything. I kind of forgot he was here, but <laughs> right, he's, he's new. He's a guy. He's a guy. We have him. We took him in the Orlov deal. I wonder if he can fetch anything 
at all. Maybe a fifth round pick. The guy has 10 points with the Bruins in 42 games. He's got goose eggs in two games with us so far, but he's a, he's a guy we could retain half. Maybe a team would bite. Sure. Outside of that, in, ter- in terms of guys with term, I just don't see any of those guys moving at the moment. It just makes sense right now to get as many assets as you can for these expiring contracts and keep wheeling and dealing until the deadline, wheel and deal at the draft, and completely restructure this team for next season and really make a run at it if you can. And I'd like to point out, the Washington Capitals currently are carrying six natural centermen on their team right now. You've got Dowd, Eller, Backstrom, Kuznetsov, Smith, who is, if you didn't know, an actual center, and Dylan Strom. Uh, I definitely think if we get something for Smith, get him the hell out of here. That's fine. Shiri, that's fine too. Um, I would hate to see Osh Babe move. I mean, he's the only one that's really night in and night out. That guy just gives so much. Like, how do you? I, I how just, do you I just don't go? see how a trade for Oshie would make sense for either side right. because the Caps love him, and he is unfortunately an injury prone player at 36 who makes just south of six million dollars with term. I don't believe other teams are going to be jumping up and down to acquire that. And for the Caps, like you said, guy that works hard, fan favorite, favorite in the room, it's at least worth keeping him around. And I just don't think you're going to get enough in a trade to the point where you would be able to to justify that. I agree. It it just doesn't make any sense where people are like, well, what if Oshie gets moved at the deadline or this offseason? I just I don't see a deal working out there where both sides would end up happy because if a team is going to take Oshi, they're not going to look at it as, oh, free top six player. They're going to look at it as we're taking that contract off your hands. You better give us something. And the Caps, right. they don't see Oshi that way. They see him as a valuable member of this core. And yeah, he's old, but he's still producing for this team. And as long as he's healthy, he's probably maybe until the last year of his contract, if this team does flame out by then, probably going to be here until the end of it. Yeah, and here's another player that I would like to get. I think that could net a return with the right team, but his his trade his trade stock is so low, and that's Anthony Mantha. You know that's, that that's the interesting one right now, as he as he sits on injured reserve at right. the moment. There was the talks of the Brock Besser swap with Vancouver, and now it seems like Besser might end up in Pittsburgh oh, if God. Mantha didn't get hurt then maybe he's already moved by this point. But yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's bad that I even forgot to bring up Anthony Mantha at all. I think that <laughs> describes how he's been with the Caps recently is he's not been great. And that, that Vrana trade has just aged poorly for everybody where right. the Red Wings thought they were getting a top six guy. I don't think it was anyone's fault that it didn't go the way we expected with Jacob Vrana. I, the last thing I would ever want to do is speculate on what happened there. Right. And with Anthony Mantha, he seemed like a natural addition to this team at the time, and he seemed pretty good in his first little bit here. This season, for whatever reason, is it has just not clicked one yeah. bit. And I hope he can find a way, but I I really don't know if he's back next season at $5.7 million. Because right. I fully expected him to be gone at the deadline. And maybe he still will be. He's only on IR, not LTIR. Maybe there's still something to be worked out there. Right. But when next October comes, I'd be really surprised to see him still here. Yep. Nope. I agree. Um, unfortunately, I mean, that's, that sucks because, you know, 
the guy shows so many flashes of brilliance, but I, I think he's probably hit the most posts uh, on the entire team. And, and I don't know if it's a mental block. The guy's got all the physical talent in the world, but it, it's, it's tough to watch him play sometimes uh, with, with just everything going on. Um, I would love to see a return for him, but I, like you said, I really don't think that's going to happen. Now let's talk nuclear option. Kuznetsov has had a down year. Now, there's the caveat is that he's been the only one who's been somewhat healthy. He's on IR too right now. I think he's just sick. Uh, I don't. I think he's just day to day actually, not IR. But he's he's out sick, day to day. He's taken a couple bumps this season that have that have he's laid on the ice. You know, looks injured. Luckily, he's been able to shake it off. But he's been really the only you know star player who's been relatively healthy throughout the season. So, you know, do you think that the Washington Capitals are entertaining trades based around Kuznetsov? If they are, they're doing a very good job of keeping it quiet because I don't, I don't think that's the kind of thing they can keep silent. I don't think it would be a horrible idea to move Evgeny Kuznetsov, but you have to have something in your back pocket if that's the case where you're bringing in someone who's going to be a top-line center because – can Nicholas Backstrom be that anymore after the hip surgery that he had and at his age? I don't know. Kuznetsov right. has his moments. Like we saw against the Rangers, sometimes Evgeny Kuznetsov just remembers that he's really good and just throws all his skill out there and puts up one of the best performances of the season. And then you go into the next night against Buffalo or the next afternoon, and he's, to put it frankly, terrible. Right. It's been a very up and down thing with Kuznetsov. You really never know what you're going to get. I don't think it, anything is imminent at any point. I don't think they move on from him in the offseason. Unless the the quickest I could see Kuznetsov not being on this team is if the Caps do all this work this offseason to completely restructure this team and it just goes to shit again. At that point, they might look at this and be like, I don't know what else we do here. We're not trading Ovi. We're not trading Backstrom. We're not trading Carlson. We can get something for Evgeny Kuznetsov. But like you said, that is the nuclear option. Everything goes wrong. I don't see that happening anytime soon. I mean, the, it's another thing with locker room chemistry and the vibes. The room loves him. The fans right. love him. He's a very entertaining guy. He's been here for a very long time. And it would be a very tough sell to move him to the players unless you're getting an absolute haul in return. You'd have to get something of equal value because I don't know how that would be a futures trade. Right. The way the capitals are going right now, you'd have to make that a hockey trade of some kind. And that is going to be incredibly difficult to work out. And plus we've seen with Kuzi, he goes up and down with the vibes. If the caps are rolling, odds are Kuznetsov is too. He's very much been a guy for several years who drives the bus on this team. When Kuznetsov's rolling, the team's not far behind. And then when the team's rolling, Kuznetsov's honestly not far behind most of the time either. So they're going to hold on to him. They're going to play him next season. And they're going to see what they've got. If things go wrong after that, that's when the question I think is going to start to be asked. Yeah, I totally I, I totally agree. Um, it would have to be a hockey trade. We'd have to net a number one center. And, and that would be it. It would that That's point blank full stop for Kuznetsov to be moved we would need a num- a bona fide number 1 center in the league that is that is likely a veteran close to 30 uh we're probably not getting super young 
with it. So we're, we're looking at like, you know, like a Patrice Bergeron or something crazy like that would, would have to come over in exchange for Evgeny Kuznetsov. And I just, I don't see it happening. I don't see it working out that way. I totally agree. And like, like I said, you know, nuclear option. Um, looking at the back end though, there is still <laughs> this McElrath guy and, uh, and, and Matt Irwin too. <laughs> Not a fan. I Matt, mean, Matt Irwin, Matt Irwin, I think was okay at the beginning of the season. Yeah. If we get past the trade deadline and, Dylan McElrath and Matt Irwin are still playing meaningful minutes on this team. That should get Laviolette fired immediately because there's no reason, there's no reason for the youth to be, for those guys to be playing over the youth at this point. And when they've been on the ice together, they have not been good. Maybe you trade them. I don't know what kind of return you could possibly expect for guys like that. Fifth round for both of them. Sixth, seventh round picks at the absolute best. But, Matt Irwin, I really don't mind all that much. Dylan McElrath, I just, I don't get it. I'm not going to pretend like I get it with him. Yeah. But if those if those guys are still playing meaningful minutes after the deadline over guys like Alexiev and Lucas Johansson or any of those guys, then I I really really honest to God do not know what we are doing here. <laughs> right. I think what the Washington Capitals did in a in a move of kind of appreciation and also mercy is they brought up Dylan McArath because there was a need on defense. The white flag has been waving wildly in the air and they're like, this guy's been in a career AHLer. He's the captain of the Hershey bears. Let's get him up. Let's get him a couple drinks of coffee in the league. Let's, you know, show our appreciation for a guy who, who is likely going to retire an AHLer. Uh, and then he's gonna have to go get a real job or something, you know? Um, so I think that's why McGrath is even with the big team right now. Um, I think Irwin was kind of a, he's always been just like a stopgap. Uh, yeah. So those guys are really, really low on the deadline, but I could see them if they package him in with a Lars Eller as a kicker, as a, as a deal sweetener, whatever it may be, that's something that could happen. But um, I see them more as like the, cherry on top if you can call either of those players a cherry <laughs> on a on a bigger trade yeah i mean or, or big brain they keep them because they're trying to lose hockey games and throw them on the ice more and then we look at the end of the season in a couple months and all of a sudden the caps have the eighth overall pick fair you enough know, maybe yeah. you keep that in mind as well but for for matt Irwin, he's a laviolette guy he was with him in nashville for a long time not a surprise he ends up in Washington a year into Laviolette's tenure. I don't mind Irwin that much. McElrath, he's played five games here, and I really don't think we need to see any more. I don't think any team is going to be trading for him anytime soon. We need to see Alex Alexiev in NHL games. It wouldn't hurt to see Lucas Johansson playing NHL games as well. And just whatever you can do, to get the youth on defense, that's that's really what matters here. Or if you really want to commit to losing games, you just keep playing them. <laughs> exactly. I mean, man, it's it's this is such a foreign conversation. In all the years I've been covering the Caps, it's been like five years now. Such a foreign conversation to be having at this point in the season. When literally a month ago we were talking about, oh, you know, this team's special. We could go in, we could, we could go deep. Um, 
last thing or or one of the last things one I wanted to get your input on you know this is not just a new thing for us fans caps fans it's a new thing for management it's a new thing for the entire organization that they're finally coming to this realization that like oh shit we are likely outside looking in for the rest of the season and we're not going to make the dance we're not going to punch our ticket it's time to start selling assets previous to this i think the Washington Capitals thought they may have a chance, and they extended Sonny Milano and Dylan Strome, the two guys that I thought deserved it, who were new this year. I absolutely think they deserve the contracts that they got. I think Dylan Strome at center is just such a breath of fresh air. You know, the team's playing like shit. He's he just scored a goal in Buffalo. Like that's great. Uh, he's he's been a little out of sorts. This is a guy that's been abused. Really, <laughs> he's had to play wing. He's played center. Guys have come back. He's immediately been bumped down, you know, things like that. Um, but you look at a guy like Dylan Strom, you look at Sonny Milano. What do you think about those extensions? I think those are great extensions. I don't think the Caps regret those one bit. Those are always guys you want to keep around. They're not old. I mean, Dylan Strom is 25. Right. And now you have him until 2028. And Sonny Milano's 26. You've got him for three more seasons after this. They've been really the bright spots of the entire season. And the guy that you've been able to throw in at second line center and really the guy that gave me hope that this team was going to make the playoffs yep. and might be really good. I really still love the Caps offseason that they had. Darcy Kemper, Charlie Lindgren, Dylan Strom, somehow getting Sonny Milano out of all this as well, bringing in Eric Gustafson. They did a great job this offseason, and it's a real shame that the best work Brian McCohen has done in years is resulting in missing the playoffs. Because that Strom contract, I think, is excellent. It's only a couple million dollars more for a really solid player who's just now only going to be entering his athletic prime. It's only $1.5 more million than he was making this season. And he's definitely going to be a guy that's going to help this team succeed next season when they try to get back into the playoffs. And Sonny Milano, just a really solid top nine option that you got for cheap at $1.3 million dollars for three years after this one. There's really nothing to complain about. They regret nothing signing those contracts. And anybody listening to this should not think that they signed them too early because let's say you trade them. Again, it's the draft pick conversation. Right. Are you? Let's say you get a first for Dylan Strom because he would be worth that. Is that player going to be as good as having Dylan Strom right now for right. five more seasons after this? Exactly. I don't, and you know. I don't know. Uh, to your point, man, Dylan Strome is a fucking center. He's great. They're, he's the he's a second line center on this team. The fact that we got him is still shocking to me because he should have been one of the highest commodities on the free agent market this season. The fact that he got three point five for one year is crazy. Went unqualified by Chicago, right? And now we we got him for free, and now <laughs> we just have him. And it's a shame that this season hasn't worked out. Well, it has for him, but I mean, team wise, it just hasn't worked out. But now you have your guy for the next couple of years, and he's going to be really helpful for this team for the foreseeable future. Yep. No, I I, I agree. Um, the only thing that I was floating out there was that, and this is crazy to think, Dylan Strome was an RFA when we got him, which is crazier to even think that Chicago just let him walk. For free. Like, I get he wasn't perfect in Chicago, right. but I just, no one leveraged wanted him. him. Yeah, you yeah, couldn't have gotten like a second round. Him. 
Right. Anything. You think he's given him one more year in a rebuild year? Because imagine if he has this season in Chicago right now. They're at, they're talking about bringing in another first at this point. Right. It's wild. It's and so. Yeah, I mean, expert GMing in the offseason, and I agree, you know, really it is, it, uh, you know, if if the Washington Capitals made it to the Stanley Cup Finals or even to an Eastern Conference Final, I think that Ryan McClellan would be up for, for the GM of the Year award. Absolutely. Um, and there's there's an alternate universe out there where the Caps are going on a deep playoff run. Yeah. McClellan, it really should not get lost that Brian McClellan really did do everything he can to give this team a good shot this year. Absolutely. This, is not the, this is not the roster he constructed's fault. He no. brought in two really good goalies. He did a lot of really good business. He got Dylan Strome for cheap. He got Sonny Milano, and he added Eric Gustafson to the defense, a move that I wasn't sure was going to work out. I thought Gustafson would be a nightmare defensively. He turned out Same. to be one of the bright spots on defense the entire season. Ends up netting us Rasmus Sandin in another trade, a guy that's going to help on the back end for hopefully a couple years down the line as well and has just done a really solid job with this team and and did a great job pivoting when we needed him to. It would have been crazy to for the Caps to not be selling right now. They would That would be a fireable offense from McClellan if he looked sure. at the situation of this team and all the contracts they have expiring and said, nah, we're just going to stick with this. Yeah. He's done a fantastic job this season. He, he really it has. Sucked. It really sucks the way the season has gone. I really don't think it's his fault because he, he can't predict John Carlson taking that shot to the right. face. You know, and he can't predict that Tom Wilson is needing ACL surgery. Well, he knew that, but he wouldn't predict that he's going to block a shot against Colorado. That's going to keep him out for a couple games. And Nick Backstrom's just still doesn't look 100%. They've lost a ton of guys this season to injury. And McClellan, I, he's gonna next season. He's gonna do everything he can again to bring this team back. Yeah, and, and we often forget Connor Brown played one game. Connor for us. Brown, a fan so, favorite like, in Ottawa, a fan favorite, a guy that that Ottawa Senators fans hated to lose. We get him for half a game, and he goes out for the rest of the fucking season. Wild. That, that one, I think, really set the tone for the season. He played <laughs> four games with us yeah. and out for the entire season. I'd love to give Connor Brown another go. I completely forgot about Connor Brown. We right. got him for a second-round pick. I thought, damn, that is a great trade. <laughs> Connor Brown's going to be a huge part of this team, and I really think he would have been. This team would have been really deep on the wing. Losing him hurt. I hope they find a way to bring him back. Maybe just one more year at the same contract. Just let's try it again with him. I really think Connor Brown could be something here. And like that's just another guy. He did everything he can. He, you cannot predict things like this. This is right. season from hell. It and is. still were in the race. They were in the race until McCullen rightfully pulled the shoot and is going to try to get this team younger and try to bring this team back to the playoffs next season. And hopefully maybe you get one more really solid run at a Stanley cup in the OVR. And you know what? Right now the caps are in striking distance for Connor Bedard. They are one of the teams that can move up to the first overall pick. I think they're, I think the 11th overall team also can do so. So there's 11 teams that can get Connor Bedard. And the Caps have the second worst odds of those teams to get him, but they can do it. They right now, with the tenth overall pick, have a three point five percent chance at Connor Bedard. 
it's, it's higher than zero. And if they can lose more games down the stretch, that number is only going to go up, up, up. And if they do, very big if they right. get Connor Bedard, that changes things so quickly. Because now, again, purely hypothetical conversation. That is 97% not going to happen. But if they do, you have three years of Connor Bedard on an entry-level contract with Alex Ovechkin still scoring at the rate that he's on and yeah. all of the cap space that you have right now, that opens that absolutely opens the door for a Stanley Cup because I think Connor Bedard is him. He's going to come into this <laughs> league and absolutely dominate. He's been ready to play in the NHL since he was 16. He's going to yeah. come in here and be the next big guy. And if he comes here, that honestly might be one of the most fortunate things to ever happen to an NHL team, period. Period. For the captain to pull the pull the shoot once and right. land the best player probably at least since Austin Matthews. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now you've got me excited to tank, which is something that I, I was always like, Matt, tanking's, tanking's terrible. You know, you shouldn't be doing that. But there, You know what? For two months, I'll take it. Next yeah. season, we're going back onto the playoff train. We've been on the playoff train for most of the season. I can do two months. Sure. We've had nearly 20 years of trying to make the playoffs and going on or trying to go on deep playoff runs and cup hopes. Two months to restock the cupboard, sell off, get some assets, and really try to revamp this thing as we get towards the twilight of the Ovi era. I can deal with it. I've got sure. my abs on the side. I want to watch them win back to back as well. I can handle it. You know, I'm a big boy. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, we're coming up on an hour, man. And I mean, I know that we were just kind of like spitballing this whole thing, but hopefully Caps fans, you, you really enjoyed uh, kind of listening to us uh, bullshit this thing around, rag the puck, if you will. Griffin, do you have anything uh, you want to talk about? I mean, that pretty much covers most of it. I mean, there's going to be more trades, probably probably by the time this episode is out, which I believe he says on Thursday. Yeah, tomorrow, yeah. Then there's there's Thursday, probably going to be at least a couple more trades that happen. Are they going to be a bigger whopper than the Sandine trade? I, I highly doubt it. Unless the Caps land Jacob Churkin, who they are rumored to be in on. The favorite yeah. seems to be LA. Favorite right. seems to be the Kings. But the Caps are one of the teams that is rumored to be going hard at them. If, the, if they can get different, maybe squashes Bedard hopes, and they're not. It's not going to push them into the playoffs. But you have him for two more seasons after this one. That is a guy that if you can stick him alongside or underneath John Carlson on your defense, that does change things too. And Absolutely. this team is. It, they've got a lot of work to do before October next season, and a lot of work to do over the next, or I guess day by the time you're listening to this or probably by the Couple time days. this is out 24 hours before <laughs> the trade deadline comes and goes there's a lot of work they have to do and just just ride out the, the end of the season is going to stink they're going to yeah. lose games they've already fallen out of the race i mean they're still in the race but right now they are i believe the fourth worst team in the eastern conference because detroit has passed them and ottawa has jumped back into this race and passed them at yep. 64 yep. points apiece and right now they are, I believe, eight points ahead of the Philadelphia Flyers. And like they're not going to get caught by those teams. Or if they are, all the better. But there's a lot of work to be done. They're going to lose games. It's going to suck for two months. But there's still a lot to be excited about. 
This has been coming for a long time with this team. We've talked about this for well over a decade. What is oh, going to yeah. look like when this team starts to lose? This is way better than I ever could have expected. Where, Honestly, you're right. I mean, you're like, you're absolutely two, right. Two you months. Know. We got to lose for two months, get some draft picks, and we're going to try to run this thing back with hopefully a stronger team. I thought once the Caps missed the playoffs, once they go, oh, well, it's over. You know, right. it's, it's all just going to be about the OB chasing Gretzky, and it's just going to be over from there. We're never going to make the playoffs again. There's real tangible hope for next season. I never would have expected that. This yeah. could have been worse, and this is going to extend the OB era. It's going to suck right now, but in the long term, maybe even for next season and the season after that, and maybe even the season after that, if they do get Connor Bedard, there will be no end to the Obi era. It's just going to be Obi retires, which it might be in like 15 years, the way this guy plays. Right. And then, you just, then you just have Connor Bedard after that, which would right. be ridiculous. Again, right now, literally a 3% chance of that happening. But it's not zero. <laughs> but you're and saying even, there's a chance. I'm saying there's a chance. And they're going to have, unless they, unless they really start winning games, they're going to have a top 10 pick. And if there is ever a draft to have a top 10 pick in, this is the one. Caps fans, this could be so much worse. So yes. much worse. We have seen awful drafts come and go where guys in the top 10 still have not played games and are not going to pan out to be much. This draft, I'm not going to pretend I'm a prospect expert because I'm not. Right. But this is the best draft we have seen since 2015, where again, you saw a guy like Miko Rantanen go at 10th overall and saw some of those guys. And the Caps are good at drafting. They've yes. done a pretty decent job considering the draft picks that they've had. They've done a pretty decent job. They haven't been perfect. But even last year, they got a guy like Ivo Miroshenchenko at 20th overall. They've been able to find Hendrix Lapierre and McMichael, Alexiev. And with, even when they did have higher picks, I mean, the last time the Caps missed the playoffs, you remember who they got? They got Jacob Brana out of that 13th yep. overall. And that turned into something for us. Could have been a lot worse. The Caps have decent scouting. They're going to find a solid player in the top 10. Maybe they move up, and maybe they get first or second overall. They get Connor Bedard or Adam Fantilli. Again, this could be so much worse. This yeah. really could have been lost from the start and there's not really a question. Like the, we know the OV era isn't over yet. Next season, if this sucks again, that's when the question's going to come up. But this is kicking the can. This season's a bust. You're getting draft picks, and you've got room to really build this team into something next year. Absolutely. And we did not, you know, to your point, to leave it on a positive note, Caps fans, you look at a team who did everything to just make the playoffs and keep their playoff streak alive, which is the longest playoff streak, uh, I think, ever. Uh, with Detroit, right? So Detroit is 25 a team, years. Right. They, they made the playoffs 25 years straight. It's, it's an incredible feat. They did nothing in those times, uh, for the most part, towards the end. But they sold the farm just to make the playoffs. And it has taken them a good four or five years to rebound from that pitfall where they've oh, leveraged too much. Than that, man. If they missed the playoffs, it'll have been seven years since they made the playoffs, which is oh now God. one of the longest droughts in the NHL. That's crazy, right? And so you're looking at Detroit, and, and that, is what the, that is what I feared ultimately from what the Washington Capitals could have been. Uh, now, so, so take, what, take what's happening 
with a little grain of salt. Enjoy it. You know, eat the shit sandwich of watching the Washington Capitals the next two months, but know that that you know we're gonna we're we're gonna take our licks now and be back hopefully stronger and better next year. Um, as far as the standings go right now, uh, we're officially three games out of the playoffs. Uh, two and a half, really. Pittsburgh won tonight against Nashville. They're at sixty nine points. Nice in the second uh, second wild card spot. Fuck them. You know, I hope Buffalo goes on a tear. Uh, Buffalo right now sitting at a plus 15 goal differential. I see them ending with a game in hand on Pittsburgh. I see them ending in a playoff spot the way that they're running, the way that Tage Thompson, Cousins, and then there's guys that I literally never knew that were in their starting lineup uh, when I was at the game uh, are also contributors. So, you know, hopefully both Pittsburgh and the Capitals miss the playoffs because I would hate to see the, the Pittsburgh Penguins in the postseason without us there. Uh, I mean, if right the Penguins there. do make it, odds are they're playing Boston and they're going to get smoked. Right, which I guess could also be satisfying in itself. But uh, just for just based upon you know principle alone, I need to see them miss the playoffs, and I think they will, uh, especially when you have teams like Buffalo, Florida, Ottawa, and Detroit kind of surging at this point. Um, but even if we were to go on a tear, win three in a row we would still be uh, in any tiebreaker outside looking in as we've played 62 games. And the only other team that's in the running is Florida. That's also played 62. So uh, to your point, man, I mean, it does look like the season, the playoff dreams are, are, you know, RIP the dream, but for now it's, it's a reload and, and take aim for next season. And I think that McClellan has signaled and, and, you know, another thing that we didn't really cover, but like, McClellan, once he signaled, all right, we're selling, completely destroyed the entire market, totally tanked everybody's value because of all the guys that we have available um, and, and the other options that we have. So interesting to see. We've got a couple more days of breaking news, probably crazy news alerts, uh, Kevin Weeks breaking stuff uh, out and in Twitter. So you know, stay, stay uh, on the lookout for that. Monday, we'll be having another episode. We'll all just be, you know, covering the weekend review for the Washington Capitals here. And uh, Thursday, we'll see if we can get another uh, interview on. I know I owe some people some interviews uh, to on this show, so I should probably, you know, get off my ass and do that. But until then, hey, Griffin, man, tell them where they can find you. And, and again, thanks a lot for coming on. Yeah, it's always my pleasure to come on. I mean, I'm talking avalanche two times a week. I love my abs, but there's two jerseys sitting in my closet and I've, there's always that itch for me to come on. I've got a microphone on my desk at all times. And sometimes I just want to rant about this goddamn caps team that drives me up a wall because the abs are too perfect. Sometimes right. the abs are do things too right. And I go on my show, the tell it abs this podcast on the hockey podcast network with me and my co-host Christian Bollet every Monday and Thursday. And we're just like, I don't even know what we're going to talk about, man. This team's just awesome. They do things so right. <laughs> And it's a real it's I'm very blessed as a Capitals fan to also have my allegiance with the Colorado Avalanche, who are probably the most well-run team in the NHL. And we have a blast over there. Tell it again. Tell it abs of this podcast just like this. You can find it wherever you get your hockey pods twice a week. And we're getting close to the playoffs. And the Western Conference, we've said this for the last little bit, is not wide open. It is the Avalanche's (laughs) conference. They are the best team there. They've rattled off wins like nobody's business. They don't have Cal McCarr right now. They don't have Gabe Landeskog. They're going to be just fine. 
And when the playoffs roll around, the West is going to be pissed that they didn't bury these guys when they had a chance. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and honestly, they're probably the West shining hope uh, against any they're Boston the only, Bruins team. They're the right only now. hope. If the yeah. Avalanche do not make the Stanley Cup final, whoever gets out of the East will win. Yeah. If the, if the Avalanche get upset or injured along the way and are not the team, the East wins. It's going to be yep. Boston, Toronto, Carolina, blah, blah, blah. The Avs are the healthy Avs team are the only ones that have a shot at winning in the West. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Um, I, and I guarantee that, too. I'm, I'm not guaranteeing the Avs are making the final, but they are the only West team that can possibly win. The other ones are, are simply not good enough. This is right. the most overpowered we have ever seen a conference over another. The East, all six of the best NHL teams are in the East. Yep. That is ridiculous. It's crazy. And then the, like, the next like six are West teams, but the East is ridiculous. There are six axe murderers in that entire conference. I have no idea who's going to make it out of that. The Avs, as long as Gabe Landeskog is back healthy and they can stay healthy in the playoffs... The way they're playing right now is just damn good hockey. They're shutting teams down the third period. They look like the team from last year, which is horrible news for the West. And I'm very excited for these playoffs, even if the Caps aren't going to be in them. This is probably one of the most interesting playoffs I've for really sure. ever seen in my life. The East, like there's three teams that I just called axe murderers who are right. going to be out in round one, yeah. which is ridiculous. Maybe like if there's upsets in the wild card, maybe even more. And then you have the West, where you're going to have, like, the Kings playing Seattle or something in the first round. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, it's definitely lopsided for sure. Uh, Caps fans will likely look forward to watching with no stress, I would think. You know, you don't have it, to. It, the playoffs without stress, enjoy it. Yeah. The playoffs are a treat. And we get so blinded by stress in the play. I mean, last year I had to deal with two teams. I yeah, could not yeah. enjoy that for a single second for the, the six games that the Caps were in. Enjoy <laughs> the playoffs without stress. And come join me in Colorado as the Avalanche go back-to-back and win a second straight Stanley Cup. It's fun over here, man. The, the Avalanche are fucking awesome. I love that team so much. So come join go. me on the Tell It Abs of this podcast, me and my co-host Christian Belay. Come have a great time. Trade deadline coming up soon. I'm sure we'll have some emergency pods for the Avalanche as they make some moves coming up. Once the playoffs roll around, episode after every single game. I'm so excited, and this is going to be a lot of fun. Hope to see you guys over there. And again, thank you so much for having me on. This is a total blast. Absolutely, man. So Caps fans, definitely definitely follow Griffin. Definitely follow Tell It As It Is on Twitter and anywhere else on social media. And give him a listen. I mean, every game you guys are going to go right after oh, yeah, on the playoffs. We did that last year, too. Game ends, oh and God. we just hop right on the call and go right away. I mean, Fucking last year for crazy. the second round and in the final, I was in Colorado for him. I mean, I, I live in Maryland in the DMV. Right right now but i went out there and we were recording in person i went to the games it's it's such an incredible time we just have such a good time on the show i'm so blessed to even have a platform whatsoever i i got lucky and i don't deserve it but i appreciate every single person i appreciate everyone listening to this i know i got a couple of caps and abs fans who listen to both shows here i appreciate you guys as well but hope to see you guys over there and this again this was a ton of fun Absolutely. All right, man. Hey, thanks a lot. 
until next week, Caps fans, I'll see you on Monday. Uh, you know, just kind of bite down and, and, and bear it here. A uh, couple rough months, but hopefully some really good moves to the future. Until next time, Hockey Troll, Griffin Youngs. <laughs> Never Sign forget, up. baby. Never, Never forget. forget still have a cup. 2018 yeah. Stanley Cup champs. Never forget. We'll always have 2018 Caps fans, so, so let's keep it going. <laughs> All right, guys. Take care. I'll see you on Monday. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Trip podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow the show's handle at Caps Chirp on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on social and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.